0: Hello and welcome to the next episode of Code and Beyond, a podcast where we talk about software development and anything beyond that. Today is going to be about relational and NoSQL databases. My name is Pablo and here together with my friend Alex. Hey, Alex. Hi, Pablo. So I can see that today you
1: have some uh, shout outs Yes, this week I discovered a new application. The type of this application is digital audio workstation. That's the one I use to produce episodes of this podcast. And previously I I played with GarageBand from Apple with uh, Pro Tools first with Audacity and I think one more. But all of them, I know they didn't stick for some reason. I have some requirements to apply to the app, so it should be flexible, powerful enough. I also prefer to have an app which looks nice, so UI is also important. Price, of course, because some of these digital workstations, they have really, really high prices. It could be like hundreds of dollars, which is slightly expensive for hobby podcasts. And this week I discovered an app which is called Reaper, and it's flexible. It's powerful enough, at least for my needs. I'm going to use maybe 10% of what it's capable of. (laughs) but it's very flexible. It somehow reminds me Vim for text editing that by default you have just very simple, like basic functionality that you need, but you could configure and you could adapt to your flows. So flexibility, you could configure lots of things there. You could have custom actions. You could combine actions together and then assign a shortcut. So you could have 10 different actions behind just one shortcut. The interface looks, looks really nice. It's cross-platform, which was also super important for me. So I could use it. It supported on Windows, macOS, and Linux. It's uh, DRM-free. Reaper has reasonable price. I think like, normally it's 60, 60 bucks for the one version with uh, unlimited updates uh, until the next major release, if I'm not mistaken. And they promise to release updates almost every week. So it's quite often so. Highly recommend at least to try this app. I really enjoyed working with it, and I also measured time, how much time I spent usually uh, to to edit to basically finish one episode, mm-hmm. and I managed to reduce time a lot, two times or three times less hours I spent on uh, on the previous episode that I, that I was editing, and mostly because of the way the sections organized. So when you cut and delete something, it applies fades and everything is. Kind of knows already what you usually expect from certain uh, certain actions you, you you do and does multiple things for you automatically uh, so you I don't have to uh, drag and drop things uh, I don't know apply these fades and and so on they already applied because they make sense because this is what you usually do when you cut mm-hmm. something you have to add some some fades here and there or cross fades it's done automatically I didn't configure it even nice. <laughs> I had to still watch a couple YouTube videos, read a couple articles on blog posts uh, just to get familiar with the UI and and, uh, with some settings, but that's it. So it was much easier than with previous tools and I really like the flow. So I'm going to continue. Uh, And also nice thing that you have 60 days to try this app and only then Mm -hmm. you pay. So, which is also more than enough to actually understand whether you like it or not. So will tell you next time if I like it or not. But so far, I'm super excited.
0: (laughs) Nice. Nice one. (laughs) Yep. So, yeah, I don't have any shout-outs this week, so let's jump into the topic. First of all, I want to make clear that we are not database specialists or anything like that. We are app developers, web app developers mainly. So this episode is going to be about our experience with databases, both relational and NoSQL, and the learnings and the pros and cons that, cons that we found. So, yeah, don't expect anything super technical about databases and probably we're going to make mistakes with the with some of the specifics. But, yeah, this is, as I mentioned before, about sharing experience and having fun. <laughs> before we start to talk about our experiences, uh, I would like to set the ground. So the, the first question I have and I'm, I'm going to fire is... Uh, why do we need databases in in first place,
1: right? Yeah, I know the answer. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> it's to store some stuff, uh, yeah, and be able to retrieve it, right? Yeah, and um, persist
0: it over sessions or yeah, different layers. So that that's that that's the main one, right? So uh, because you can argue, okay, I can create a, an object or a data structure and store it in in memory and you said that's fine
1: until a certain point where you need to persist the data. Right. And I think, at least from my perspective, data is the most important part of the whole application, right? Yeah. The app itself, the code, I don't know, the server could could burn, Mm -hmm. uh, but you could create a new instance. You could upload the same code from GitHub or whatever repository you use, connect it to database and it just works. But you need data. If data is lost, then whatever you have, it doesn't make sense anymore and that's why we have backups right <laughs> yeah and database provides this so i mean like if you you could store data in, in just plain text files right it's also mm-hmm. kind of storage but database provides you a lot more uh, than just storage right
0: yeah it provides you structure it, it provides you access patterns and it sometimes it provides you security features integrity type systems depending on on the database that you are using
1: so now now the topic what kind of databases we have
0: i think we can divide them in two big groups right on one hand you have the relational databases here you can talk about mysql postgres sqlite sqlite yeah i know you like that one <laughs> and on the other hand we have no sql databases or the non relational databases here you have key value storages I know Redis, for example, I think it's a key value storage. DynamoDB, kind of, is a key value storage with some extra power. MKD? Yeah, that's another one. Then we have uh, document storages, right? Cassandra is one of them. I don't know. I don't have an example. Never use Cassandra. I, I will have to Google it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure if it, if it is a documentary, but document uh, storage, but. And then we have a
1: graph. It's another type, right? Yeah, that's another type of uh, non-relational databases or NoSQL database.
0: I never use one of them, so I don't have any examples or anything. Do you know any name?
1: So just recently, I was exploring Amazon uh, Neptune database, mm-hmm. which is graph database. So yeah. I read some, some theory behind it, how to query it, and, and so on. It's interesting, and it's very different to anything else that we just discussed.
0: Okay. So it's no SQL because it doesn't have SQL, doesn't use SQL, but it's different beast. So then we can also mention the main characteristics of uh, relational databases, right? So in general, relational databases, they store data in tables. They relate these tables with each other using uh, foreign keys. They usually have structure, right? Mm -hmm. So you have schema. And that schema defines the types on the tables and and how the rows are going to be stored and and things like that. It's well-defined upfront. Then, depending on the engine, you can have validation rules and you can have a bunch of other functions it provides. But the main idea is that you have data that is a storage in in tables. They are related and they aim for uh, deduplication, which is so-called normalized data, right? Entities are kind of unique, mm-hmm. and they relate to, to each other. Relational databases follow the ACID standard, right? This acronym that stands for Atomicity, Consistency, Isolation, and Durability. I don't want to go there because it's very specific and technical, and probably I'm going to make a lot of mistakes. So <laughs> let's leave it like that. Uh, and on the other hand, we have NoSQL databases. As we said, it's a bunch of, let's call it, engines, different engines behind this uh, NoSQL group. I think the common thing among them is that uh, the data is not structured, right? Every, let's call it row, can be totally different from from the previous and the next one. So we don't have types, and data is not a structure, It's just you write to database, and you read from database. Then uh, writing and reading uh, patterns depends on the engine you use. Let's uh, take uh, DynamoDB. Mm-hmm. It's key value, right? You have a key and you store values for that key. The values for that key can be anything before. uh, Rows don't have to follow any pattern. So next key can have totally different uh, values on, on it. Anything else? Do you have anything else about the NoSQL databases, Alex?
1: I think you covered everything that the key is important and the data structure in the value could be anything. Graph databases. Oh yeah, true. The way information is stored there is that you have mm-hmm. entities, you have nodes. Mm-hmm. Each node could have some attributes. Graph database gives you some means to define attributes of each node and also define relations between this, these entities.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: In some databases, relations could also have some attributes on top. And entities could have multiple relations uh, between each other, which is uh, also nice. And then you query, so you could traverse this this graph. You could go from from one one node to another node and collect data. This is how you query. Mm-hmm. This is how, in case of social network, would discover uh, things like the, the friends or friends of friends, and then so on. Like what kind of relationship relationships uh, one person yeah. has with with another, with the group of people, and, and so on and so on. Yeah. So you could discover some information that you might not even know upfront. You just uh, put data into this database, and then you could do some exploration.
0: They are optimized to uh,
1: find the relations of the nodes. Yes. So speed is definitely not the first requirement. Some queries could be slow, but it's more about, I don't know, discoverability of this data.
0: Let's talk about our experience with the different databases. So you you already started with graph databases. Now I'm curious about the use case because you you mentioned you start to do some uh, research. About them, I guess it's because you're trying to apply to a specific problem. Do you have any anything
1: that you can share there? Uh, I'm not sure if I, if I can share this, mm-hmm. but I could talk about the, the general idea, right? Okay. Uh, as I mentioned that you have these nodes, you have these entities. you define how these entities link to each other and not necessarily just direct links, but one node could be connected to another node through multiple other other nodes. One of the examples from from the book is that you have database with airports like all airports on, on earth uh, in this in this database as, a, as an example. and you could uh, then you could query if you've been in this airport, how many I mean connections uh, you should make uh, to, to arrive to another airport yeah. some, somewhere else. So you, you could query path which has the least number of connections or the one which takes less time and so on and so on. These are the queries that you might not even imagine uh, when you design this database, it's really, really flexible.
0: And I guess this is, uh, not the main storage of your system, right? This is like a database that you use in a subsystem subsystem to retrieve specific information about that's one of the things I, I found in most of the projects I work for. So this, uh, NoSQL versus relational thing. It's quite popular on the blog post and the chats, but then it's not real, right? In real systems, you always have, or I don't know if always, but most of the time you have uh, multiple databases, right? So as you mentioned, uh, graph database applies very well to specific problem. Mm -hmm. But if you look at your system as a whole, probably you have relational databases to keep uh, relational data around. Most probably you have uh, something like a uh, key value storage for caching or for session management. So, yeah, in my experience, this whole relational versus NoSQL, it's a nice talk to have, but it doesn't really apply to to real world. You need to know a, b- a little bit of everything and how to apply it to your day-to-day
1: job. You just picked the right tool for for the job, right? Yeah. Uh, and of course, in multiple cases, you need a combination of this. If it's yep. about uh, data storage, you really need a combination of these storages. It depends on, on the use case, right? As mm-hmm. you mentioned, there might be a caching layer and it does not make sense to use relational database like Postgres as, as a cache, right? You would pick yep. Redis or Memcached for this. Yeah. If you work with documents uh, and you don't care about structure, so every document could be unique. hmm uh, then you would go for something like DynamoDB or, or like the specific uh, document storage for this. Yeah. So every database has its own cons and pros, strong parts and then weak parts. Yeah. And you just pick the one that works for, for your specific case. I guess the discussion started because people
0: uh, started to question uh, which one is the best one for, let's call it primary database, right? The one you, you where you keep your main entities and your main... Uh, data. In my experience, when you're a small company starting from, from scratch and you need to start to build your system and you don't have your uh, data model clear, relational databases work much better than uh, NoSQL ones because it's forced you to, to define a schema, as we mentioned before, and, and a structure. You don't have to worry about the access patterns and things like that. So you can evolve quickly. And some people argue that, okay, but if you don't know the data structure, how are you going to uh, define your schemas, right? It's like NoSQL already gives you an an unstructured way of storing stuff without having to define anything.
1: Yeah. If you ask me, I would say that you discover this structure while yeah. working on it. So you start yeah. small, you still know some entities, right? You mm-hmm. s- still know some, some basic attributes of each entity. Yeah. Yeah. And then while you're building it, you maybe discover more or oh, you yeah. could discover some relations. You could discover new entities or split one entity into multiple ones. Yeah, And this is how you define your structure. So yeah. it's a good good exercise to do.
0: And even if you if you have no idea about how to structure your data in a relational databases, these days most of the engines provide you uh, types like JSON. So you can still store a, uh, an object. In a relational database and delay your decision. So to me, the approach of we will use no NoSQL because we can store unstructured data in it is not a valid one anymore because of that. You you can you still can store unstructured data on a relational database. And down the road, when you really need uh, constraints and you really need validations, you are gonna have all of that in, in in your engine. So I think for Projects where the, you have a lot of unknowns, relational databases play r- really, really nice. And they have been around for ages and they are battle-tested. I have the experience with a small project starting with a NoSQL database, DynamoDB, in this case. We face multiple challenges. First of all, is like, well, that's, the team didn't have a lot of experience with the database or so the learning curve. You have to keep in mind that most of coming people that, from, that are coming from degrees or bootcamps or whatever, most of the learning happens on relational databases, right? Because they are maybe be- only because they are older and they have been around for <laughs> forever. But you can expect people to know something about SQL queries and database relational database design. And if you go for something like DynamoDB, you have this... You have to know that you're going to spend time learning about it and learning how to design stuff.
1: Yes, and, and your relational mindset, like relational database mindset that you might have, and maybe years of experience, Yeah, it sometimes actually stands on your way of understanding something like DynamoDB or maybe MongoDB. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because it's not, you cannot apply the same the same knowledge. You cannot apply the same patterns. Yeah. These are different uh, data storages, and they yeah. have different philosophy, mm-hmm. so to say, and you have to know it. Yeah, you already know how to design your, your keys, right? For example, with
0: DynamoDB. Otherwise, accessing the data is going to be super expensive.
1: Yes, it will work,
0: but it yeah. won't be efficient in many ways. Well, once you have data enough, it's going to be super expensive to query anything. That's that's one of the pros I see on the SQL databases, right? Querying data is easy, and you can find your patterns by querying data, and then restructure your your data accordingly. Uh, if you want to restructure your access patterns in, in a SQL database, DynamoDB, for example, you have to migrate your data, right? Because data is not accommodated to the keys that you you need, so you have to do a like full data migration, which depending on the size of your database can be painful. The other thing is all the power that uh, engines like Postgres or MySQL gives you at database level, like validations, uh, data integrity, uh, transactions, all of that, you have it on the database. If you go for a NoSQL one, all of that, it's going to be on the application ledger. So yeah, probably you will find libraries to perform those tasks, but it's not going to be as performant database, that's for sure. And you're you're going to have to think about it and you're going to have to train your team and you're going to have to agree on conventions and you're going to have to rethink a lot of stuff that is giving almost free when you're using a relational database. Yeah, that was my, my experience with the NoSQL database. It wasn't It wasn't great. It worked. In the end, it worked. And it's true that it's uh, super fast when it's well configured. It's uh, awesome for things like auto-scaling, which is a pain with uh, relational databases. But yeah, you have to think if you really need to scale so quick in, in your app or things like that. So yeah, as always, it has use cases, but my feeling is that these days people are too eager to go with uh, NoSQL approaches, and you can go super far with Postgres. <laughs> I don't know what 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 are your thoughts about this topic, Alice?
1: So, as I mentioned, these are just tools. Yeah, it totally makes sense to to have some experience to understand the logic behind each of these tool, right? What the the authors, what they put behind it. What's the reason it exists? What are the use cases which work the best for this tool? You've mentioned DynamoDB. So when I was learning this uh, this data storage, this uh, database, I, I watched one video on YouTube. I will uh, add the link uh, to show notes mm-hmm. where Rick Hooligan, he's AWS uh, expert in NoSQL and, and DynamoDB. He explained. So the talk was about DynamoDB, of course, uh, but yeah. there was some introduction into different types of uh, data, uh, databases relational versus No NoSQL. Mm-hmm. And he explains the the strong parts and weak parts on this, and the reasons why each of this each of this type uh, exists. Right? What's the the purpose of it? Yeah. And also, once he mentioned just one thing, I finally understood when it would make sense to uh, use DynamoDB or any NoSQL data storage. When you design for any NoSQL database, mm-hmm. you have to know upfront query patterns, what you yeah. will ask this storage later. What yeah. are the queries? He even literally suggests to list them, to write everything down on the list, yeah. uh, because these queries would help you to design this storage that performs efficiently and it gives you maximum of what is possible. Yeah. So you need to know this upfront. When, as you mentioned, when you start your product, you have no idea sometimes, right? You maybe you know all this the entities or the, the main entities at least, but you don't know what you will ask later. What are the questions you might have for this for this data set storage? That's why relational database in this case is, is better. So for me, these questions whether I know what I will ask the data store or not. That's the answer for me, whether I need to go with relational database or NoSQL database in the end. So if I know the pattern, yeah, I could go uh, safely more or less uh, with NoSQL. Mm -hmm. If I am not sure, then it's safer to go with relational database because there it's easier to adjust the queries. It's more, you have more flexibility in this case. Yes, you need to know front entities, right? And attributes. But it's still adjustable. You could uh, you you could like wire make migrations. You could add more fields. You could uh, change types and and so on. You could remove something. Mm-hmm. But queries they are much more flexible, and you don't have to know them upfront at all, which is uh, super helpful sometimes or most of the time when you start with something new.
0: Another area where I saw NoSQL say performing much better than uh, relational databases is on when when you need to scale. When you have a big enough database. Things like Postgres, they start to have issues because tables are too big or indexes are yeah not enough or too, also too big. And then the way you scale uh, relational databases is like you need more servers, right? You need to do things like sharding or these kind of techniques that are complex and involves uh, systems design, which is way more difficult than, or you, you have to take a lot of things into account and probably involve uh, many teams on it, you won't find that that problems with NoSQL, right? Because the data is not a structure. So it uh, it's easy it's easy to partition the data and share it in or move it to different to different servers. So if you're facing that kind of uh, problems, yeah, in that case NoSQL totally totally makes sense. But yes, yeah, I mentioned usually you don't have that kind of problem from day one. Yeah. It takes time to have uh, terabytes of data in your database, right? And sometimes it takes years to actually reach this point. Yeah, well, it depends on, on the nature of the of the project. Some projects, they, they need to store tons of data. And then, yeah, that's a good reason to go with a NoSQL database. But yeah, as you mentioned, there are tools you need to evaluate your, your project. You need to evaluate pros and cons and, and pick the, the right
1: one for, for the job. That's the tricky part, isn't it? I think it's important to stress one more time that there is no good or bad database. They are all awesome. They Mm -hmm. all have cons and pros and they're all made for specific purposes. Yeah. So you need to learn what's the the purpose of each data storage and then it will be much easier to make the choice. Totally agree. Between one or another. Or maybe you need a combination of them.
0: Yeah, the the project I mentioned before where I was supposed to... DynamoDB for me was great because I had the chance to to learn about NoSQL and DynamoDB and now I have another tool in in, in my box and I already learned a couple of things in there that I'm pretty sure they are going to help me in, in the future. If you have the chance to get exposed to different technology go for it. Totally. Okay, that's it for today. Thank you for listening. In case of any questions, simply send us an email. You will find our address in the show notes. It's been amazing. Bye. Bye.
1: So, what about these tiny databases? We have SQLite, Mm -hmm. which is relational database in one file. So there is no no server behind it. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, it's the most widely deployed. Database in the world, lots of applications uh, use it, so we we might use SQLite without even knowing it. Probably, it's super stable. It's super safe, so it, it doesn't look that impressive as Postgres or MySQL, right? Yeah, uh, it's, it's just one file. Yeah, because it's one file, it's advantage as well, right? It, it, it the file could be damaged, right? But then you like the backup procedures comparing, let's say, SQLite and then Postgres. They're totally different. In case of uh, SQLite, you just copy this file. That's it. Your your backup is done. Yeah. A few years ago, I was uh, running a website, which was called uh, rubyjobs.ru. It was a job board for Ruby developers. It was a Rails application. And in Rails, uh, I think it's, it's still it's still the case, right? When you start new Rails application and you say nothing about database. It is the default one, right? Yes, it's by default yeah. gives you SQLite because you don't need servers, you don't need extra dependencies for this. You, don't, mm-hmm. you just need to gem, Ruby gem, uh, to work with SQLite, and that's it. Mm-hmm. That's why this website uh, was created just as a side project over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Of course, it was using SQLite because I was too lazy to install. I was running the whole thing myself, so uh, I didn't want to use Postgres because you have to manage it, right? And SQLite was running for years there, and everything was fine, and I was making just with rsync, so it was copying <laughs> one file <laughs> uh, from one machine to another. This is how backups were done. Very simple, very efficient, so could be recommended for some cases. And as I say, like every, every database has its purpose, and SQLite not exception in this case.
0: Yeah, recently I, I, I read something about the SQLite. It had one limitation, I don't remember which one was it, that was blocking uh, some people from using it on, on production. And that, that limitation was uh, removed recently. So now you have even less excuses to use it on, on production systems.